All right. Well, uh, good morning, Freedom Village Church family. Uh, always, always good to see all of you. Um, it's, uh, it's good. This is the first Sunday I think I can remember. Uh, well, of course it would be the first Sunday I can remember, but I met like several people who are like, I got vaccinated, I got vaccinated, I got So it's like happening. It's happening slowly but surely, which is really good news. Um, for those of you who haven't uh, seen the news and the update, um, if you have been vaccinated, I think on July 1st, uh, the national mandate is you don't have to wear your mask outside, uh, which is good for some of you in the summer. But then also, just so that you know, um, when it comes to being here in this place, if you're vaccinated, if you've received even the first dose, um, you don't count actually towards our numbers here. Um, so the government has limited us, a lot of you know this, to 20%, um, which is very limiting for a gathering our size. Um, but if you're vaccinated, you actually don't count towards those numbers. And so we're getting closer and closer uh, to, to, to seeing this place be uh, full uh, of, this, of, our, of our spiritual family, which I'm really, really excited about. So we're getting closer and closer. Maybe that means on July 1st, if I can find someone who is willing to give me the vaccine, uh, <laughs> I don't have to have this on when I'm doing this either, which would be good news. Anyway, uh, today we're kicking off our, our, our summer series uh, uh, for, for the next six weeks, uh, and we're going to be going through uh, portions of the book of Proverbs, if you didn't get the hint up on the stage. Um, and so uh, I'm so excited to see how Jesus uh, is going to lead us over the next uh, season together. Um, I also know a lot of our church family uh, is traveling this summer. Uh, some of you have already left Korea uh, to go visit other places, maybe family uh, back home, uh, wherever that is. And so I hope that you're uh, having safe and, and restful uh, travels. Uh, some of you I saw even like 30 minutes ago, an hour ago, uh, you're posting on Instagram, you know, that you're on a plane. So you're going to see this in a few, in a little while, but I hope you're doing well and that you're able to, uh, to keep up with us and stay connected to us on YouTube. It's one of the few times I was thinking, it's one of the few seasons I'm actually thankful for technology and uh, this. I'm so tired of not being able to gather all together in person. But in this season when everybody is traveling, especially the international community, um, it's a huge blessing to know that there's like a camera right there that I can look at and say, hey, and uh, we can all stay connected that way. So it's a good, good thing. It's a blessing. And then I'll just mention uh, this now as well, that one of the other things that we're going to be doing uh, the duration of this uh, summer, along with teaching through Proverbs, is actually uh, reading uh, through the book of Proverbs together uh, over the next six weeks. Um, we'll actually, we're actually going to start that tomorrow. I'll talk about that in the announcements, but we're going to start that tomorrow. Uh, but this is just going to be a really simple way uh, that we can stay united together uh, as a gathering spiritually um, in this season, especially in this, amidst this season of rest um, it's going to be a good opportunity um, just to have, a, you know, grab a friend, um, you know, a relative, a spouse, whatever, and, uh, and dig into the Word of God together in this season. Uh, well, today, um, it's going to be pretty simple. I just want to take the time to introduce uh, Proverbs to us. And, and right from the beginning, uh, what I want you to know about the book of Proverbs is that it's intensely practical. I hope that you're going to see that over this summer. And what it basically tells us, um, what Proverbs communicates to us is that we're all on a path. All of us are on a path. Some of us are on the path of life, and others of us are on the path of death. And of course, um, ultimately, we know that God wants life for us. 
not just for our future, uh, but for today as well. And so he wants to teach us, because of that, in light of that, he wants to teach us um, how to live um, and how to navigate our lives well. And of course, we know, we know that there are a lot of opinions out there uh, in our world about how to live uh, a meaningful and a purposeful uh, life, right? Uh, we live in a world where there are so many voices, uh, so many opinions telling us what is true. Uh, so many places um, that tell us uh, what gives life purpose or what it means to live the good life. For example, um, you have uh, the secularists, okay, if you're this is going to be, you know, a little deep for some of you, but we'll, we'll use some of these terms. The secularists, okay, they're called. Um, and they argue that um, for the good life, to have a better life as a society, we just need more facts. Okay, we need more facts. And if we can only get more information, the more information that we obtain, the better off we'll be as a society. Um, or you have the pluralists, okay, the pluralists, who say that the answer, the answer to living the good life is for uh, all of us as individuals to live however we want as long as we don't hurt anyone. Okay, that's their philosophy. So you can do and you should do whatever you want, whatever makes you happy, as long as you're not hurting another person. And then there is a group, uh, there are the moralists, okay, who say that, well, we need more than just right information, We need more than just personal preferences. We also need some rules, okay? We must be good and moral individuals, and then we'll be okay. But the problem with that, and actually all of it, is that even even if we were to put all of those things together, all of those philosophies together, we can know a lot as a society uh, we can live the way that we want as a society, and we can even do good things for ourselves and towards one another, and yet, and yet, at the same time, we could do all those things and still make messes of our lives. Still make messes of our lives. Not only that, uh, but a lot of times, we know, and I know you know this, that life is, is really complex, very complex, and that the majority of the decisions that we face in life aren't answered by simply having the right facts or by following a set of rules or by depending on our own intuition or our own hunches. Questions in life like, um, do I get married? If so, who do I marry? Or where should I live? What should my career path be? Uh, where do I go to school? Do I do additional school? Right? How do I handle my emotions? How do I handle this specific conflict? How do I deal with this individual relationship in my life? All of these complex questions we face on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, seasonal basis. And for all of these things in life, and again, much more, we need something else. We need something more. Information is not enough. Morality is not enough. Our individual preferences are not enough. And so, what I'm proposing to you today, 
and what I believe we see clearly in the scriptures, is that we all need something. We all need something that is actually rarely talked about in our culture and actually rarely talked about even in the church. We need living wisdom. Living wisdom. We need to be wise. That's the answer. And the book of Proverbs is about pursuing that wisdom. It's about knowing wisdom. And we're going to begin that journey today on knowing wisdom. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And through the first seven verses um, of Proverbs 1, I simply want to answer a few questions for us today. Okay, Um, We're going to just answer some broad questions today. And the first question, it's a simple one. The first question I want to answer for you today is, what is the book of Proverbs all about? Uh, What is the book of Proverbs about? So we start in verse 1. We get the answer here in part. It says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And we'll pause there. Uh, We are actually told a few things in this one verse. A few key things, actually. First, we're we're told the, the form or the style of the book. And that's Proverbs. So Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, contains a bunch of Proverbs, particularly in the middle section. This book is made up of Proverbs. And what are Proverbs? Well, Proverbs are typically, they are short, clever sayings that aim to offer the reader or the listener uh, some kind of wisdom, some kind of insight about people or life, right? And we actually see Proverbs used, not just in the scriptures, we see Proverbs used in almost uh, every culture, right? Like in English, um, we have a lot of different Proverbs. You could think of it in your own language, maybe. We have a lot of Proverbs. For example, um, there's a famous proverb. It says this, uh, the early bird catches the worm. Right? So you know Proverbs. Some of you, you've memorized Proverbs. You didn't even know it. Um, or some of you have heard this one. Actions speak louder than words, right? How you live is more important than what you say. That's the point. Or how about this one, right? And your, your parents told you this when you were a kid, right? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Your parents tried to convince you that if you ate an apple every day, you'd be a healthy person, right? It's not true, mom, okay? You lied to me, right? I uh, know. It's good principle, right? Eat healthy, right? You'll have a healthy life. Not always the case, but it's a, it's a wise principle, right? Those are Proverbs. But whereas um, our cultural Proverbs, and again, you could think of many more, I'm sure, whereas our cultural Proverbs are typically more about practical, uh, common sense, that actually isn't the case with the Proverbs that we see in Scripture. Uh, you see, our biblical Proverbs aren't meant to be some, uh, they're not like tips uh, for improving your life or your lifestyle. Uh, they aren't meant to be, uh, I thought of it this way, they're, they're not meant to be like ancient fortune cookies, right? Or, uh, or, or good advice. That's not biblical Proverbs. The, the Proverbs in the Bible actually tell us what life is really like so that we're prepared to meet it, so that we're prepared to face it. 
Proverbs teach us, biblical Proverbs teach us what life is like so that we can walk into life and approach life in a wise way. They are words of wisdom so that we can live well. And so that's why um, you can read, actually, um, Jewish commentators. And I always would encourage you, by the way, to uh, take the time to read um, particularly Jewish scholars on the Old Testament. They have a lot of great insight and wisdom um, because it was originally towards them, right? And so they have a lot of good wisdom on that. Um, but if you read Jewish commentators who, who, who give um, insight into Proverbs, what they say, their view of Proverbs is this, that of all of the Old Testament literature, of all of it, okay, 39 books, Proverbs are meant to be read uh, the most slowly, the most thoughtfully. Uh, Proverbs are intended for you to pause and meditate and to chew on, to reflect on these phrases, uh, to deeply think over and consider uh, what they mean and how to apply them to your life. And so Proverbs, then, is God's invitation Through Proverbs, he's inviting you and I to learn wisdom, not just for the big truths of our existence, like sanctification and redemption, but for the simple, everyday decisions in life as well, even some gray areas of your life. God wants us to honor him and to be wise when it comes to things like work, family, money, Marriage, friendships, forgiveness, justice, debt, our speech, and on and on and on. And so that's what Proverbs is all about. If I were going to sum up Proverbs in a phrase, I would say it's this. Proverbs is a guide for living well in God's world. That's the book of Proverbs. It's a guide for living well in God's world. Uh, It's meant, by the way, Proverbs is meant for any person, in any situation, uh, in any circumstance of life, to teach you, to teach me, how to navigate through life in such a way that leads to life. That's what this is about. Well, the second thing that we we learn in verse 1, we're we're, we're given the author here as well, and that's King Solomon. King Solomon. Solomon, we know, uh, he was the third king of Israel. Okay? Uh, there weren't too many kings of Israel before him. Saul, David. He's the third king of Israel. He was the son of King David. Um, and we know, uh, we know specifically that he reigned uh, as the king of Israel from 971 to 931 B.C. Okay? So that's a thousand years, roughly a thousand years Uh, before Jesus Christ was born. And so we literally, uh, as we're reading Proverbs, understand we literally have ancient wisdom here in your hands. Ancient wisdom. Old. And and just a little background on Solomon's life. I won't go through his whole story. It's pretty pretty vast. Um, But just an important thing for us to know when it comes to Proverbs, at least, is that we read in in 1 Kings chapter 3, uh, Solomon has just become the king of Israel. He's, he's put in place as the king. And, and in light of that, um, the Lord, God, he says this to Solomon. He says, 
ask me anything, ask me anything that you want, and I'll give it to you. His point is, he's saying to Solomon, um, I'm going to bless you in your pursuit uh, to, uh, to leading my people. I want to help you to lead my people, my nation well. And so what do you want? What can I give to you to help you to lead my people? And what does Solomon ask for? Well, the Bible tells us, he specifically asks the Lord for wisdom. I want wisdom. I want great insight into how the world works. And we read, uh, actually, that, that God was so pleased he was so honored uh, by that humility, uh, by that, uh, that request, that he actually makes a choice to bless Solomon uh, with many other things as well. But look at what it says in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 4, 29-34 about this incident. It says this, And God, based on the request for wisdom, and God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. And breadth of mind, like the sand on the seashore. It's a big brain. So that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite, and Haman, Kalkol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. And then look at this. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. That's pretty specific, right? Could have said 1,000 songs. He wrote 1,000 songs. Nope. He wrote 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. Bottom line there, Solomon was really wise because of the Lord. Really wise. And with that wisdom... And with that understanding that the Lord had graciously given him, we read here that Solomon wrote a lot. He wrote about God and he wrote about God's creation. He wrote about how the living God relates to all of life, to nature, to to animals. And, And one of the places that we see that most clearly, this insight, this wisdom, is here in the book of Proverbs. It's 31 chapters. Um, Almost all of it is written by Solomon himself. Again, centered on the value of wisdom and how to apply that wisdom uh, to every area of our lives. Okay, so that's Solomon. That's Solomon. And then finally, uh, what about the audience? Okay, what's the audience? Who, Who are the readers or the listeners here, the intended ones? Well, certainly, uh, of course, right, the the scriptures here in Proverbs, um, it could be read by anyone. Anyone can read this and have great insight from it. Uh, But the original audience, we know, of course, is the Israelites, okay? God used Solomon to write this, to write Proverbs primarily to his people. 
And, and why is that even important? Like, I'm stating something that some of you are like, well, that's obvious. Why would you even mention that? Um, well, that's really important to remember because if we miss that fact, if we miss that detail, we could think, we could think, or we could enter into Proverbs believing that this book is about morality at best, or at worst, we could be tempted to think that this is a book about how to earn our way to God. Right? So let's keep in mind, even before we study any of these Proverbs, that, that God's people have always, always been uh, saved by grace through faith. Right? Never, never by our own efforts. Never by our own works. And so these Proverbs then, in light of that, these Proverbs then are primarily uh, for people who know God as Father. And then that Father telling his children, guiding his children in the ways that life should be lived. He's not saying to us through Proverbs, our Father is not saying to us, let me show you how to be a really good person. Right, here are all these proverbs and principles to make you a really good moral person. That's not proverbs. He's saying, I'm your father and I want life for you. I want life for you to the fullest. I want you to change. I want you to be transformed and grow. I want you to move from being foolish to being wise so that you can live well in the world that I have created. Right? So that's the backdrop of this book as we enter in this summer together. And now uh, I want to talk about why we have this book. Okay? That's our second big question for today. Why do we have the book of Proverbs? Okay? Why is, does it even exist? What's its function or purpose? Well, we learn that, uh, that, that detail. Solomon gives it to us in the next few verses. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 through 6 says this. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So again, why do we have proverbs? Why? Well, I think Solomon gives the answer right here, actually, in verse 2. And there's two sides of this if you're taking notes. It won't be on the screen. But the first reason we have Proverbs, the first is that uh, Solomon, or the Lord, wants us to, to know wisdom and instruction. Okay, that's part of that. He wants us to, to know wisdom and instruction. And you see that there in the first part of verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction. So let's talk about that for, for just a minute. When we think of wisdom, and we're going to see that word wisdom come up a lot through the book of Proverbs, but when we see that word wisdom, uh, we tend to, to typically think of intellect or, or knowledge, right? If I was to say to you, oh, like you have a lot of wisdom, or you're really wise, you would tend to think, oh, he's smart, or she is she's very, very uh, knowledgeable. But wisdom, wisdom throughout the scriptures is, is much, much broader than that. It's actually much deeper than that. Um, the Hebrew word for wisdom here, um, it's, it's, a, it's a great word. It's the word chokmah. 
Okay, chokmah. You can say that with me. Chokmah. All right, now you know it, right? You're a Hebrew scholar, right? Chokmah, okay? Which, which implies not just chokmah is not just the mental side of things. Chokmah is our actions as well. And, and so a good, a good way to think about this is that chokmah is applied knowledge. It's applied knowledge. And so, for example, I'll give you a biblical example of this. In the book of Exodus, chapter 31, um, God is designing the, the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle and all this furniture, and he has a very specific way that he wants everything to be built. Detailed to, like, the millimeter, right? It, everything has to be precise. And so it says there that there were uh, there was an artist and there was a craftsman in Exodus thirty one, one through three, um, who who are assigned to to build the Ark of the Covenant and all of the furniture that was going to be in the holy place where God was going to dwell. And it says there that they had wisdom, that the artist and the craftsman had wisdom. In other words. What it's saying is they were able to apply what they knew. Or, another way to say it is that they were skilled. They were skilled. Um, they were able to apply what the knowledge that they had in a very, in a very good way, in, in an expert way. And so if you take that idea and move it over to here in Proverbs, to be wise then, to be wise, we've got to know this as we go into Proverbs, to be wise is actually the skill of godly living. So biblically, if you're saying, oh, you're really wise, in a biblical way, you'd, be, you'd say, they have the skill of godly living. They are skilled at living well. That's literally what Proverbs is talking about here. It's knowing things, being skilled at godly living. What does that mean? Well, it's being, it's being skilled or knowing things like how to act, how to speak, how to handle conflict when it comes to your way. It's understanding, discerning people, and knowing how to properly or biblically respond to the people that you encounter in life. And I think, I think it's safe for me to say, right, we all want this, right? I mean, I, I think that's probably part of the reason that you're here. Um, you would like to say, or you would want people to say of you, you're wise, right? If I was to take a poll here and said, how many of you would like to be known as a fool, and how many of you would like to be known as wise? I would love, if you say, I would love to be known in society as a fool, come see me after the service, okay? And we can talk, all right? We can talk about that, all right? I would say most of us want to be wise, right? And so we want this. We want the skill of godly living. We all want wisdom. But I think, but I think, we don't often want what's partnered or coupled always with that wisdom. And we see from verse 2 that's, instruction. If we have that back on the screen, um, that's instruction, wisdom and instruction. Literally, literally the word there is, is training. It's training. Or maybe an even better translation of that word instruction is the word discipline. And so, so the point here is what Solomon's saying is that if you're going to have the skill, if you're going to develop the skill of godly living, if you're going to have wisdom in your life, you have to, you, or you need to be willing to submit yourself to discipline. That's the principle here. 
And Solomon actually, he repeats that. He says that again here in verse 3. He says, to receive instruction. Same idea. He, he emphasizes it again. So, so who is that person? Well, what does that person look like? This is a person who is, who is open to or, or hungry for learning. Um, it's a person who is, who is teachable. He says here, if you want to develop, if you want to develop the skill of godly living, if you want biblical wisdom uh, to define you or be a characteristic of your life, you need to be teachable, right? Those are the types of people, teachable people, those who submit themselves to instruction, those are the people who will follow the path of life. Um, I had briefly mentioned you know, Jewish Old Testament scholars um, who, who said that we need to read the Proverbs slowly, um, to, to read them deeply, to, to read them thoughtfully in, 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 in a considerate way. Well, if you were to read those same group of people, they actually say at the same time that the greatest sin of Proverbs, it's an interesting way to think of it, but the greatest sin of Proverbs is unteachability. That's what they say. It's unteachability. That if you walk into, walk into Proverbs, imagine you could kind of open the book and walk into it, and you are not teachable, um, that will be to your detriment. You will not be able to, uh, to, to learn or be able to apply these Proverbs to your life. It takes a person who is willing to submit to instruction to come in saying, I don't have all of the answers. Um, I don't know everything about how life works. And so I humbly want to know. I want to learn. I want to receive this wisdom from the Lord. Moving on, though, um, we see there in the text that what, what follows knowing wisdom and instruction, what follows developing the skill of godly living, is all of these different dimensions, I'll say, dimensions or aspects um, of wisdom. And so through this book, Solomon says that we will receive insight, he says, into wise dealings. See it there? We'll receive insight into wise dealings. That's part of the purpose of this book. That we would have a good sense. That's all wise dealing is. It's good sense, good sensibility. That we would have good sense when it comes to things like righteousness, justice, and fairness. That we would develop a common sense when it comes to knowing how to do the right thing. Uh, common sense will come, Proverbs says, or Solomon says, when you study this book. You will develop common sense. Then he says, um, you will also, at the same time, develop the ability to give prudence to the simple. And what does that mean? Well, simply, that's shrewdness. Okay? It means um, being sharp when it comes to practical matters of life. Um, all that means is um, it, it, it's, it's knowing when and how to make decisions. Okay, it's being, being wise and sharp, crafty when it comes to, to knowing when and how to make decisions in life. And then not only that, he says, we'll also obtain wisdom in regards to knowledge through these Proverbs that are coming. And knowledge of what? Knowledge of what? Well, it's knowledge of God and the truths about God. And then the final thing he mentions there is this word discretion, discretion, which is, again, it's simply knowing how to make decisions. 
Um, it's, it's the ability to, to see through a conflict. Uh, it, it means knowing how to speak in a wise way. We all need these things, right? We, we would have uh, a lot more healthier lives if we were able to, to have uh, all of these things together. But you can see here when, when you put all of these together, uh, the, the reason, again, that we have this book is to know, is to know how to live godly, to know how to live wisely, and to know how to live well. So we have Proverbs to know wisdom and to know instruction. And then we also have it, he says, we also have it, again, if you're taking notes, you could say, to understand words of insight. Okay, you could write that down. Understand words of insight. That's another reason we have Proverbs. Uh, you can see that again in verse 2. Okay, in verse 2 it says that. And, and that represents what? Um, understanding words of insight. That represents right thinking. Okay, now we are focused more on the mind. All right, insight here, that word insight here is simply this. It's, it's when the... It's when the non-obvious becomes obvious to you. How would I explain that? Try to think of it. An insignificant example of this would be like um, reading a a mystery book or or watching a movie and in the middle of it, knowing the ending. Some of you are really good with that. Some of you are terrible with that. Right? I'm shocked at that. I'm actually okay. I'm pretty okay with that. That's why, like, a lot of movies, I'm just like, uh, you know. But some of you are blown away by, like, every movie. Like, it's like you've watched one movie in your life. At the end, it's like the last 30 seconds, you're just like, what? I can't believe that happened. And everyone else in the theater is like, in the first 30 seconds, is like, that's what's happening. He's going to be with her, and that's it. You can't believe it, right? Um, right? Um, and so, so that's what that would look like. Understanding uh, insight there is having the ability to do that. It's reading into a situation. Right? And then understanding here, that's insight. Understanding here simply means to be discerning. Um, it's the ability to, to make sound judgment. Uh, the ability to, to decide and to determine truth and error. It's the ability to know what is right and what is wrong. And so Solomon says, he's literally saying this here to us. I'm writing this here to you so that you can be wise in your thinking. Wise in your thinking. So that you will be able to understand and know what is true. And then he provides us with the outcome of the one who receives his words. So if you take my words, if you listen to my words, here's going to be the outcome of your life. It's verse 5. He says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain what? Guidance. The the word guidance there, um, it could also be translated uh, wise counsel. Okay, wise counsel. And in Hebrew, this is a really, really cool picture. In Hebrew, um, it comes from the word rope, literally. Okay? The specific type of rope, though, it's, it's the rope or the type of rope that you would connect to the rudder of a ship. Okay, that's literally the word here. Um, and that rudder, that rope, uh, it was used always to determine the course or the path of the boat. And so the way that you manipulated that rope determined the direction and the path of the ship. And so it's really, 
It's very poetic here. It's really beautiful. Solomon is saying to us here, by obtaining wisdom, by obtaining wisdom, by following, if you choose to follow godly instruction, he says, you will be able to make right decisions which will set the direction or the, a godly direction for your life. That's what he's saying. Just like that rope in the rudder. Right? And who, again, who doesn't want that for their lives? Who doesn't want that? And so to sum all this up, I would say, we have the book of Proverbs. We have the book of Proverbs because the Lord actually cares about who you're becoming. He cares about who you're becoming and how we're thinking when we're in the process of becoming. I'll say that again. We have the, pro- the Proverbs. We have the book of Proverbs because God cares about who, are, who we are becoming, who you're becoming, and how you're thinking. What's your perspective when you're in the process of becoming who you want, he wants you to be? Or... You could just simplify all of that and say the book of Proverbs is here to help us develop wisdom, to help you to become wise. And then the last question that I want us to consider today, the final question for us to consider today is um, how do we learn from Proverbs? Okay, um, So what's Proverbs about? We've talked about that. Okay, We set the backdrop drop and what it's for, what its intended purpose is. And now, how do we learn from it? So you're going to be reading Proverbs, I hope, all of you, starting tomorrow. You're going to be going into it, reading the book of Proverbs, discussing it with other people. Um, each week, somebody on Sunday is going to come up and, and, and teach through a proverb. Um, and you need to know how you're supposed to learn from it. Okay, how, how are you supposed to learn from it? Or you could ask it this way, maybe even a better question I could have wrote up there, maybe I should have, is how do we become wise? That's an even better question. Um, or, or how do we know wisdom? That's the goal here. How do we know wisdom? And actually we find the answer in the, the end of Solomon's introduction here. It's verse 7. He says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, It's interesting. Um, In Hebrew culture um, and Hebrew thought, uh, your your journey to become wise, to develop the skill of godly uh, wisdom, godly living, always, always in their perspective, started with the fear of the Lord. And that's what's said here. That's what Solomon reiterates and repeats here. Wisdom, godly wisdom, is always linked, cannot separate the two, always linked with the fear of the Lord. And so in many ways, in many ways, this verse here, verse 7, Proverbs 1, 7, is the thesis or, or the bottom line for the entire book of Proverbs. Which means, which means it's very important for us to understand what this is saying. And so let's try to do that. Let's try to understand this briefly. First of all, first of all, uh, I want to say that when it says beginning here, okay, we can be fooled by the English, right? So I want to clarify this. Um, when it says beginning here, it's not saying, it's not saying that 
the fear of the Lord is just the starting point, and then you leave it behind. So, or I really want godly wisdom. I want the skill of godly living for my life. Okay, so the starting point, I get in the starting block. Okay, fear the Lord, and then I move on to the next thing, right? And fear the Lord is back there. That's, that's not what this is saying. It's more so saying fearing the Lord is central to everything else in your life, to this wisdom, to this godly living, to the skill of godly wisdom. Central to that is the fear of the Lord. And so you might say, actually, then, and it would be right for you to say that fearing the Lord is the key to living a good life, to, to living your life well, right? It's that important. And then who is the Lord? Who is the Lord in this text? Who's the Lord? Well, we know certainly in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we know this here is, it's Yahweh, right? This here specifically, it's the covenantal name for God. But of course now, right, this many years later, this side of the cross, we know someone else is called the Lord in the scriptures as well, right? Someone else is called the Lord, and this is the name used specifically for, for Jesus, for Jesus Christ, And what's so amazing, what's so amazing to me is that as we read through Proverbs, what you're going to see is that um, Solomon, he's very wise, right? Wisest person ever lived. So the way that he writes is very masterful as well. And when he talks about and writes about wisdom, it's almost always personified, poetically personified. Um, uh, He calls her like Lady Wisdom. There's this, there's this female figure who he refers to as wisdom. It's a poetic language. Um, wisdom is always equated with a person in Proverbs. And of course, we know now, we know now, that Jesus himself is the incarnation or the manifestation of God's wisdom. That Jesus literally, literally is the wisdom of God. Colossians 2.3 says this, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Not a coincidence there, that phrase. Or how about this? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. It says, Jesus, Jesus Christ, became to us wisdom from God. Jesus became wisdom from God. Or how about Luke chapter 11, verse 31. Jesus is actually speaking about himself, and he says this. One, meaning me, one greater than Solomon, this author, one greater than Solomon is here. He's standing in front of you. These are massive claims about Christ. Really big deal, what Jesus is saying there about himself, right? Solomon, again, he was known He was known to be the wisest man who ever lived. Biblically, they revered him. like The Jews revered him, even outside of the scriptures. Other nations, again, wrote about King Solomon, traveling to go meet this man and to learn from him. Wisest man who ever lived. But Jesus says, in front of this audience who is listening to him, he says, I'm greater than him. I'm wiser than him. Why? Why? Because I am literally wisdom in the flesh. 
And so all that to say, the calling here for us, now, this side of, of, of the covenant, this side of the cross, this side of the resurrection, we now read Proverbs through the lens that the calling to fear the Lord, yes, is the calling to fear Yahweh, certainly Yahweh, but also it's the, it's, it's to, it's the calling to fear the Lord Jesus Christ, to fear Christ. And, and what does that look like? What do I mean by that? Well, I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is a, is a posture. It's a position of our life and our hearts that recognizes God as God. Okay? Are you confused? It, it's a heart posture, heart posture that recognizes and acknowledges God as God. It's having a heart that says, I am not the king. Jesus, you are the king. Truly and sincerely. It's a heart posture that says, I am not God. Jesus, you are God. And therefore, fear of the Lord, it's being, it's literally being in a place of humility. It's sitting in the seat of humility. It's, it's being in awe. It's being in, in wonder of the, of the majesty of King Jesus. Because you recognize and understand that he is holy, pure, just, righteous, all-powerful, all-knowing, and eternal. And it's at, at the same time as all of those things, it's sitting in that seat of humility and knowing that he is all those far and above and away things. But at the same time, he is good and gracious and, and slow to anger and, and patient and merciful and abounding in steadfast love. Right, listen to how the, the great C.S. Lewis says it. I think this is just wonderful, wonderful. C.S. Lewis says this, in God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, listen, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. Fearing the Lord, fearing the Lord is letting God, letting God just be God to us. And that's where Solomon says that true wisdom begins and ultimately flows from. So I think as we begin this series and move into our study of Proverbs, a really good place for all of us to, to start is just by asking ourselves, or just ask yourself today, 
Have I humbled myself before the living God like that? Is that the posture of your heart today? Are you in total awe, total awe of the Lord? Ask yourself this. How do you see yourself or how do I see myself in comparison to God and in comparison to others around me? And more simply, ask yourself, who sits on the throne of my life? Who's seated there? Who's king? Who's God of my life? Well, Solomon closes his introduction of these Proverbs this way, and it's where we're going to close as well. He says this, Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, Understand, understand when the Bible talks about fools or foolishness, um, again, uh, it has nothing to do with intelligence or giftedness, right? So when it comes to wisdom, we have to get away from the idea it's all about your mind, your smarts, your know-how. Nope. The same thing with being foolish. It, too, is not connected to your intelligence or your giftedness. It's never, in other words, think of it this way. It's never about being a fool of the mind. It's being a fool of the heart. Which is why Psalm chapter 14 verse 1 says this. The fool says in his heart there is no God. It's about your heart, not your mind first. Okay, And so the fool, the fool here, it's literally the opposite of the one who fears the Lord. There's the one who fears the Lord, and there's the fool, two sides of the spectrum. And so the fool, the fool says with his life, says with his heart, "Um, I have no need for God. I have no need for this wisdom or this skill of godly living. I have no need for God and his ways, his will, and his plans. I can figure it out myself. I know what's best for me. That's the fool. And by the way, the fool here, this is, this is arrogance. It's arrogance. Or going back to the beginning of our time today, it's a person who's not teachable. Again, now you see how this connects. This person who's the fool, they're guilty of the sin of unteachability. Fools ignore God's ways. And they seek to live by their own terms. And let let me be really clear here, really clear with us all this morning. Please understand, as we describe the fool, as I describe the fool to you, understand that at one time, at one time, that was every single one of us. And sometimes, it still is. Why? Well, because we don't naturally, we don't naturally fear the Lord. We don't just naturally drift into fearing the Lord. Our hearts, our hearts are selfish. uh, Not wise at all. And so again, we are or once were the foolish here. Uh, We believed that we had no need for God. 
And some of us, even those of us who profess Christ and profess to be a follower of Jesus, some of us still live our lives as if we don't need God. So we profess faith in Jesus, but live our lives foolishly. And so if we're going to benefit from Proverbs, if we're going to grow in wisdom this, in this season together, if we're going to get everything out of Proverbs that I believe the Lord wants for us, if we're going to learn how to live well, if we're going to learn the skill of godly living, if we're going to learn to know wisdom, to be wise, we need to begin, we need to start by looking away from ourselves and to the one who became to us the wisdom of God. We need to look to the one who is wisdom. We need to look to Jesus. And more specifically, more specifically, I believe that we need to look to the cross. Why? Why? Because it's there, it's there at the cross that we truly, truly, I believe, truly learn the fear of the Lord. It's there, it's there at the cross that we see an infinitely wise man, wisdom in the flesh, who was God, hanging on a tree, dying for rebellious fools, you and me. He died for you and for me amidst our arrogance, our pride, thinking we can do it ourselves, amidst our other fears. We fear everything but him. He died amidst our insecurities. Again, and he died amidst our foolishness, walking down the path of death, and yet he stepped in to die in our place. So, let's look to Jesus. Let's look to the cross and keep looking to the cross until our pride melts away. Let's look to Jesus. Let's look to the cross until, until we are in deep awe and wonder of him again. If you're, if you're not fearing the Lord today, if you've been walking and living as a Christian or saying that, and you could even come into a place like this on a Sunday and stand there and read these lyrics and worship with no hard emotion or posture at all. Do you, are you really in awe and wonder of the Lord? Until, until you get it again, keep looking at the cross. Keep be, being humbled by the cross. Stare at it. Don't take your eyes away from it. Be in awe and wonder of him again. Proverbs is a guide. It's a guide for living well in God's world. And the beginning of that guide, it's like the table of context. (laughs) The very beginning of that guide says this. Fear the Lord. Then open the rest of the book. Fear the Lord, which means look to Jesus. Grow in your understanding of how great he is. Grow in your understanding. Be reminded once again of all that he has done in this universe. And even specifically for you. Think of what he's taken you out of. Where he's brought you from. How faithful he's been to you. 
And as you do that again and again and again and again, by his grace, by his grace, the scriptures say, you will become wise in the process. Let's pray together.